You have three voicemails. I prepared a speech that was super emotional. Yeah, yeah. And then she was laughing her ass. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, earning exceptionally huge amount of money now compared to two years ago, but my mindset has changed that it's okay. Mm -hmm. To not provide to your kids. <laughs> <laughs> I have this provocative idea now. What do you think about woman proposing? Hello there. Welcome to the show where we have the convos about Vietnam, you know. Hello there and welcome to Convo Comrades, a conversation with the community about Vietnam. We're talking about a super, super thrilling topic today because the both of us are experts in this space. I would like to say that we're experts in the first topic and then maybe semi-experts in the second topic. What are we talking about today, Long? We're going to talk about engagement and marriage. Whoa. How do you feel about this? Uh, you know, to be honest, I, I, I did feel a little bit scared before being engaged. <laughs> uh, no, I was just going to say, how do you feel about <laughs> talking about engagement and weddings? <laughs> okay, but I think that's a better answer to a better question. Go ahead. Why are you scared about being engaged? <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, let's, let's, um, I mean, when you say, how do you feel about engagement? That question alone makes me feel a little bit scared because I think it's a big milestone, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's a, a significant milestone that marks you as an adult, mm -hmm. for at least for me. So in my mind, I'm always that kid. You know, I'm young, mm -hmm. I'm very young. In and, my uh, mind as well. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So reaching that significant milestone, I always have a, a question in my mind: Am I ready? You know. Mm -hmm. do, do I have the capability, what it takes to, to go further? Mm -hmm. <laughs> to so, take the next step. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take the next step. Well, since we're on this topic long, why don't you spend a bit of time to share with everyone what your proposal was like to land? Like the, uh, the, the day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. It's very simple, right? We're, we're Vietnamese, but we also like the idea of that Western proposal style where people kneel down and things like that, right? We don't have that in Vietnam traditionally, but I think people are adopting yeah. that more and more. So, yes, we go with that approach. And, of course, a little bit of surprise mm -hmm. is, is always good. But um, I also like certainty. I also <laughs> so uh, the day itself uh, happened very quickly. But it's a process of prepping up. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly, uh, Lan was prepping me up. <laughs> oh my God! So to start the podcast, I'm already laughing so much. Okay, how so, did Lan prep you up? I mean, it's just hints, everyday hints. Like, okay. All right, so just pointing to your knee, do your knee exercise. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you know, just questions about the future. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, Lang, uh, when we get married, where will we Okay. <laughs> Not even hints. <laughs> when we're getting married, where am I getting the ring? <laughs> no, that's a, that's a prefix. And then the question follows that. When we get mm. married, what will we do? Things like that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it's uh, subtle hints. <laughs> it's, <not> subtle. <laughs> it's like, when we're getting married, have you thought about this, you little <laughs> asshole? <laughs> you know, I have to admit, I was uh, nervous at first, right? Mm -hmm. And how uh, many months was this in advance? I mean, it was a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. So, so a couple of years ago, you of course, like you know, a couple of years ago, you were bloody nervous when Lance yeah. started asking these questions. Yes. How long course. have you guys known each other? Uh, I think seven years now. Okay. So she has every reason to. Yeah. Do yeah. so. So at, at the fifth year mark, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. When we're getting married, where will we? What will we do? Mm-hmm. And then I, I started to. And you become... were just eating your sandwich at that point in time, <laughs> just having a good time. <laughs> and then proper like nerv- nervous breakdown, <laughs> spitting out all your salad. <laughs> but I think it's a it's a good transition, you know. Maybe uh, maybe Lan did foresee this, mm-hmm. and so she she kind of asked uh, way before for me to slowly accept the idea transition into okay yeah that's normal that's not a big deal at all this is a very good point and it's an interesting point that i want to dwell into to what extent do you think that the lady or sometimes look let, let's be real sometimes it's the man as well right to what extent should one partner start to indicate to the other partner that they want to get married or do you think that they should just let everything happen out naturally and then you know the course of life will determine that timeline because there are so many different ways to look at this, right? Because if you start hinting about these things, number one, you can come across as desperate or you don't want to come across as desperate. That's why you don't want to say anything, right? Uh. But number two, also the other person doesn't want to feel pressured. But on the other hand, you can think about it as if you don't say anything, then the other person's not going to know, right? And there's no prompt. There's no sort of motivation. There's no sort of nudge for you to start thinking about things. Yeah, it's yeah. a delicate balance. What do you think? I agree. Very delicate balance because some people may not know at all that they they're supposed to think about marriage now. You know, in my mind, I'm always young. I'm always uh, just graduated. You know, I have so much more to learn. For me personally, to be ready to get married in my mind is when I can earn a lot of money, right? That's when I can think about getting married because that's when I have the financial capability to take care of my kids. So a few years ago, you hadn't invested in Bitcoin yet, but now you have. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to the moon. To the... <laughs> Everyone, please remember to invest in Bitcoin responsibly. All right, yeah, continue. We're, we're not uh, responsible for your losses. <laughs> All gains, come on. So yes. I'm I'm not uh, earning exceptionally huge amount of money now compared to two years ago, but my mindset has changed that it's okay mm-hmm. to not provide to your kids <laughs> <laughs> as much <laughs> as I have thought. <laughs> you know, in my mind, I thought, okay, I have to give them millions, but turns out, okay, just uh, you know, ten pounds is okay. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, my love is more important, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's that's a huge change in mindset. Mm-hmm. That okay, it's okay, but what's more important is biology, right? We're only young once, mm-hmm. so to have kids earlier in life, it's better for our health mm-hmm. to take care of them. You know, otherwise leaving it too late. Anyway, back to the main question. What was your question again? A, a fine line between yeah. nud- nudging and... Uh, Just ignoring and, altogether. I see this as a business. Wait, what? <laughs> this, wait, wait, this is wait. not a good analogy. <laughs> this is Look, not a good analogy. <laughs> if you treat this as a business, right, a, a partnership... Mm-hmm. You have to consider the pros and cons of getting into a partnership, right? Treating marriage as mm-hmm. a partnership. Mm-hmm. There will be benefits. For example, in the UK, 
you you can share tax allowances you know things just make more financial sense to operate as a couple as a married couple mm-hmm. so the longer you delay it the longer you're missing out on these financial benefits so it's very worthwhile discussing it with the people you're living with Oh, actually, the person you're living with. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very complex uh, JV you have there. <laughs> I mean, you know, if we're gonna be in, we're gonna gonna be together for the long term. Let's discuss and let's make the best financial case out of it. But I also understand the point of if you come across as that, it's also unromantic if you think purely about financial. And yes, you also sound very desperate. I did not think that you would bring in a business lens <laughs> to discuss marriage, <laughs> but that's interesting. Um, I think my question originally was a bit more emotional <laughs> and a bit more <laughs> romantic related. Uh, but I understand where you're coming from. It's also an angle that you need to consider as well, right? Yes. Uh, what I would say is, for those who are at the moment on the brink of, you know, considering getting engaged or being proposed to. I guess sometimes you just need to think about the pros and cons of the default stage, which is you know if you let things happen as they are, if you let things just occur as they are, is it good for you? Is it good for your relationship? Right? If things are in a default state, who's more? Well, in Vietnamese, it's the word "thiệt thòi," right? What's the word in English? Uh, Disadvantaged. Losing. Losing out. Yeah. Who's losing out? You know. You need to think about yourself as well. So make sure that you know you strike that delicate balance. I wouldn't think. I mean, it, of course, it depends on the stage in your life and your ambitions and so on and so forth. I wouldn't think that being inflexible and sticking to one type of principle and just sticking to it and not taking into account the circumstance and the context is necessarily a good thing. That's all I can say. You have to ask the other person as well. You you have to make clear what do you want out of this relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And again, I hate to bring a business analogy to this, but it makes sense. It's not a financial business like most business are, but being together in a relationship is an emotional business. You have to ask the other partner what they want out of it, and also communicate your wants and needs. Yep, as well. I think that's a very important point. Communicate. Maybe they don't want to get married. Maybe they don't want to have kids. Maybe you do. So the earlier you communicate, the better, the clearer it gets, and. Maybe it's best you go your separate ways because your purpose does not match. Yeah, it depends on your objectives and whether that objective coincides with the other person's objective. Now, you both might want to have kids, a different age. <laughs> But that's still <laughs> not alignment, right? So, so yeah. Okay. Next question. Okay. How were you able to choose your engagement ring? Yes, an engagement ring. So again. Back to my certainty, but also surprise <laughs> element, right? That's such a contradictory, okay? <laughs> Because what I do is I hate returns. I don't like returns. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you like returns? There's always a fear in my mind that the the vendor might say, "Oh, you you damaged this. You cannot return." Okay. So. So you're you're a certainty man. Yes. Low risk man. In certain things, there are things where I, I can accept big risk. Bitcoin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, continue. Come on. Yeah. So what I did was essentially ask Lan what sort of design does she like. You asked her, or she 
told you. <laughs> there's a, there's a difference. <laughs> I can't. I can't remember now. It's uh, okay. It's a, she uh, told you. <laughs> it uh, must be a mixture. Maybe she told me first, and then I forgot, and then I was like, "You said you were a little kid. <laughs> you would not think about these things." Okay, maybe she did, and then uh, I forgot, and then I have to ask her again. Mm-hmm. Before I research into engagement rings, I knew nothing about it. I thought it's just a ring mm-hmm. with one diamond on mm-hmm. it. I didn't know there was different cut, different ways of choosing it. The four C's, clarity, whatever color. Yeah. So uh, each 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 person will have a different preference, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I uh, research into it, I need to pick a few examples, mm-hmm. and then I showed her. Mm-hmm. Is this okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's kind of like a business presentation, isn't it? <laughs> before you actually do the final presentation, there are a lot of iterations before then. <laughs> and then you show the client draft number one. The client's not happy. You go back to your room. You do draft number two. You show the client again. <laughs> so that that ensures certainty for me, you know. And yeah. then I also uh, measured her ring size just to make sure. <laughs> no returns. No amendments. That's it. Mm-hmm. I think that worked out well for me. Yeah. Uh, at least she liked the ring because mm-hmm. she saw what she was getting. It wasn't uh, very helpful as well for you because I think you told me that she changed her preference a number of times throughout the process. Yeah, and I think it's influenced by also movies and media where people on movies were having different weird shapes of. Uh, <laughs> it's a nightmare. Like a, like a water drop shape, a pear shape, or something. Oh my like god! <laughs> so. It ignited a, a you know a spark like oh yeah I want that too but then mm-hmm. after stepping away from that trendy thing I think she settled with a, a classic look mm-hmm. yeah yeah you haven't told us the proposal yet <laughs> <laughs> okay so let, let, in very brief uh, proposal prep period lasted two years with uh, several questions <laughs> 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 from uh, from Lan and then. Uh, I went into a major mindset change from oh shit to <laughs> okay it's not so bad it's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's inevitable you know it it has to happen at some point <laughs> <laughs> so and then we came towards the end of the proposal which is a ring choosing period wait when was the inflection point because i remember han and i we were on the train with you and lan wasn't there and then we talked about these things, and I think it was like a couple of months before your engagement. Mm. And by the way, Han is Mango. By the way, they're the same people. <laughs> <laughs> Han Solo. <laughs> All right, I'm going to move on from that bad joke now. And then we talked about you know the engagement preparation and you know what you needed to do, and you didn't have a clue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't deep researching. You know, I had a vague clue. But I was so lost in terms of step by step, what do I do? <laughs> you had a vague I, clue, but you were clueless. <laughs> I really want to know step by step. I like certainty, and you know, I certainly know that now alone. So yeah, yeah, it was a an inflection point. Was a little bit of that train ride, along with an increase in frequency of questions. <laughs> you know what? Because you guys are getting engaged. And that environment 
reminds Lan that <laughs> we're Create not in the pressure. You know, obviously, you hang out with people around your age, right? And then left, right, and center around long, people are just getting engaged. Uh, Mango and I got engaged uh, was like two years ago, and then there was another couple that got engaged recently, and then another couple got engaged in Paris. So, tons of engagements around that added a lot of pressure on long. That's right, and also Lan. And so <laughs> the, the pressure is transferred by questions to me, <laughs> and then that train ride also happened. And then I thought, God, all right, let's just sit down and do proper step by step <laughs> research. <laughs> all right, come on, wrap up the story. What happened next? Anyway, yeah, researching the rings. Uh, when uh, my client is happy with the ring design. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, and and ring shopping is also I think worth talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I ended up uh, with an online vendor, mm-hmm. so it lets you zoom into so many details, like forty times zoom, so you can check out all the details, little details, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the client and I both know exactly what ring we're getting, mm-hmm. so we're happy there. The surprise element of it is in the shipping period. <laughs> When will it be shipped? (laughs) 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 So she she doesn't know. And then, you know, I bought it under my email. So she would have no idea of notifications of shipment, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and it happened on, uh, I remember it was Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. Was it Christmas Eve? Mm -hmm. And you guys were there, uh, you and Han, uh, we were having uh, dinner together. I I created uh, an impression that I would have proposed somewhere grand. Mm-hmm. Nice you know, beach, mountain backdrop, something mm-hmm. like that. But turns out I want to be surprised, so I proposed right in the the dining table. <laughs> <laughs> what was so, Lan doing at that point in time? She was just cooking, you know. Exactly, we were... she was cooking some noodles. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think it I, it worked because she uh, she cried a little bit, you know, yep. surprise tears. So I think I succeeded there. Yeah, uh, combined certainty with the surprise element. Mm. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. It's interesting because I think that different people's engagements reflect their personality as well. Mm. So I think you're a very sort of, what's the word, friendly, outgoing, and easily relatable person. And so you did it at your home, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was a surprise in that sense as well. I think my proposal was slightly different and I shared my proposal extensively online on my YouTube channel. I had two vlogs about it. It documented the whole process. It was a three-month process. In short, what did I do? So I had a friend, not had, I'm sorry, Barney, you're still my friend. I have a friend in Hong Kong named Barney and I did a lot of research and I realized that in Hong Kong, you can actually buy a ring that is relatively cheaper than Mm. other areas in the world simply because of its tax laws. So I asked Barney to buy a ring for me and we sort of had calls back and forth over a month or two, just trying to figure out who the best vendors are, what the best ring is, what it looks like, how we procure it, so and so forth, and how it gets brought over to the UK. And I thought, what was the best way to propose to Mango? And, uh, you know, I think throughout the seven years of our relationship at that point in time, six or seven years, oh, she's going to kill me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think at that point it was, around, it was around six years. No, I think it was five. Oh, no. Okay, I'm going I'm I'm to move on. I'm going to move on. Edit this out. <laughs> Edit this out. <laughs> the, one of the things that really sort of reflected our couple relationship was uh, YouTube and dancing. 
right? We did a lot of dances and did a lot of choreographies on YouTube together. And so I think the best way to do it was to trick her to thinking that, you know, we were going to do a similar project to do a dance for a particular song that I really liked at that point in time. And then she thought that we were just doing a project as well. But it turns out that it was actually a proposal. My philosophy is always try to capture the moment as much as you can, whether it's photos or videos. Of course, try not to ruin the moment, but always try to capture it because years and years down the line, these things are going to be absolutely priceless. And I think I can dwell on this uh, a bit further in maybe a future episode on like content creation and vlogging YouTube. But I thought, how do I document this moment the best way and the most natural way as possible, right? And the best way to do it is just literally have a camera in front of her as though that we're filming something, mm. that we're intentionally yeah. doing a project so that she will not, um, what's the word? Suspect. Uh, suspect, yeah. She will not suspect anything at all. And that's why I opted for, you know, doing a dance project. There was already a camera there, a very high quality camera as well. So thank you so much, Barney. Uh, the proposal, I think it reflects my personality as well in terms of like, I'm very prepared, but also I do like surprises and I, I like capturing moments, priceless reactions at a particular point in time. And you can see that in my vlogs, that's what I tend to do, right? I tend to make sure that all of my vlogs are very natural so that I capture things that are just naturally happening. So that's what I try to do. And I think that sort of reflects my personality as well. Yeah. I, I mean, it would be uh, nice to have both Han and Lan to be on the podcast to share how they feel right at that moment, right? To I know see. how Mango felt. <laughs> how does she feel? Oh my God, I'm so pissed off when I talk about this. I thought she'd be crying because I prepared a speech, right? I prepared a speech that was super emotional. Yeah, yeah. And then she was laughing her ass <laughs> <laughs> When I got down on one knee and when I was talking, so she was just laughing. I'm like, what are you on about? Why are you laughing? <laughs> like, I'm saying things that are very emotional, that are coming from the heart, and that, you know, things that I don't normally say in real life, right? In day-to-day -day life. It's <laughs> supposed to be a very emotional moment for me and for her. And she's just laughing. But what pisses me off is if some Korean guy gets hit by a car, <laughs> 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 she'd be crying. It's so annoying. <laughs> like an imagine. actor. Yeah. Like a Korean actor. You can imagine, yeah? You can imagine at home in my living room, I'll be like wearing earphones on my iMac, watching football, watching <laughs> YouTube or doing video editing or whatever. And then I will look to the left and she'll be on her sofa watching TV and she'll be crying because some <laughs> Korean guy got hit by a car in a movie. Oh my God. Or like some girl is like forsakening her boyfriend or something in a Korean drama again. That pisses me off. But when her boyfriend becomes her husband, kneels down one knee, presents her this ring that he bought from Hong Kong for her, like saying something super emotional and from the heart, she laughs like, what the hell? <laughs> That's just the, the dark side of uh, media, of uh, movies. <laughs> I also say. like, why did you cry? She was just like, you look really funny at that point in time. <laughs> I've never seen you so serious. I'm like, what? Why would you cry for a movie plot? <laughs> and then she said, well, I tend to be emotional about other people's stories. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. That happened before me, right? And so I used that as a, a guidance. I used that as a reference. <laughs> so I saw Han was not crying at all. I thought, okay, yeah. That was easy. My, <laughs> my turn now. So my speech was short, one sentence. 
I know what your sentence is. Are you happy to share the sentence? <laughs> yeah. So I said, Lan, are you happy to take the next step with me <laughs> <laughs> down the staircase? <laughs> and then she said, "What next step?" <laughs> and then, and then I was like, I- "I'm not prepared." So I repeat the same sentence. Uh, are you willing to take the next step with me? I know. I was laughing because <laughs> I was taking the video for you. So once again, I think it reflects the personality as well, right? You're very, uh, you're a very chilled guy, and I'm very like, you know, I prepare. I, I make sure that things are right the way that I want it to be. Uh, but obviously, the outcome never happens the way that we want it to be. <laughs> yeah, and if I foresee the day for me was a chilled day. Uh, she would say yes, and then we would continue eating our meals happily. Mm-hmm. And at the moment she cried, I didn't know what to do because when I saw you guys, Han did not cry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and when I saw Lan cried, oh shit! <laughs> what do I do now? What do I, do? I only have one sentence prepared. I don't. I don't. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but then Lan said after that, Lan said that you actually had a speech, but you you were embarrassed to say it on the spot. Is that true? Yeah, I and I thought about having a speech, but then you guys were there as well, mm-hmm. right? And then I thought, okay, you know, maybe a simple one sentence mm-hmm. because you you had Barney there, but Barney doesn't understand Vietnamese, mm-hmm. so so you were more comfortable. That sharing. is true. That is true. Yeah. Like to be honest, like in the video that Barney recorded, I think he's got the audio in that as well, and I have the raw file. Yeah. But obviously, I'm not going to publicize that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it's good that sometimes you keep things private. So how did you deliver the speech? Lan said that it was when you guys were going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then when you yeah. were when you were looking up at the ceiling. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. When you guys left and we finished everything, you know, she had her <laughs> ring happy, and we were about to sleep. And then I said, so. Back to <laughs> <laughs> what I really meant to say was, la 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 la. Are you happy? Okay, okay. Then. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Question: Were the lights on, or was it just complete darkness? <laughs> <laughs> complete darkness. We were about to sleep, <laughs> so you didn't even look at her. You didn't know her reaction. You were less embarrassed. You were just staring into blank space. <laughs> You were like no, an astronaut. <laughs> I, I looked at her. You know, we look at each other. You know, it's just dark. We couldn't see each other. <laughs> I mean, what's stopping her from just going to sleep at that point in time? Like, how would you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can sense. I can see her. I can hear her voice snoring. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, I I see. I can just feel it. You know, you feel it. You you being so close to the other person. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's good. Now I want to move on to a very interesting topic here. And before this podcast, you said, "Oh, you know, engagements, weddings. There's probably not much to talk about." Yeah. And I told you there are tons of things to talk about. So the first thing that I want to talk about is diamonds. Mm. Mm. The reason why there is a growing narrative—I'm not saying it's a big narrative—but there is a growing narrative at the moment on, you know, is there a need to buy diamond rings at all? And one of the things is blood diamonds, and we can expand on that later. But then another thing is also child labor, 
And then another point is also sustainability and impact on the environment. I didn't do research on diamonds specifically for this podcast, but I did research on diamonds for when I was purchasing <laughs> okay. the engagement ring. Okay. Uh, and it turns out to be a marketing scheme. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all a marketing scheme by, uh, what's that company? De Beers. Uh, yes, De Beers. And uh, it was just a scheme that they, to push demand. Uh, a man has to buy diamonds three times their monthly salary as engagement ring. Do you know the history behind that? Before the whole marketing scheme? No. Okay, this is when I jump in then. <laughs> <laughs> jump in. So, I don't know how many years ago, I'm not going to put a number to it, but years ago, all right, that's safe enough. You can think of it as hundreds or thousands. Mm. Uh, diamonds were mainly sort of sourced from, I think, India and then some one or two other locations. But then there was a point in time in history where De Beers found this massive source of diamond in South Africa, right? And obviously, supply and demand in economics, that brought the prices of diamonds down. Mm, yeah. At the start, the prices of diamonds were high, but then as they mined the diamonds, they realized that there's so much diamond in the grounds of South Africa. Mm. And they realized, holy crap, if we release all of these diamonds, then the prices are going to go down. So how do they do that? Well, they thought, well, the best way to do it is probably to target a new set of customers outside of you know south africa and then they looked over to the us and that's when you know they saw this huge market that they can potentially tap into right and that's where your marketing thing came in mm. so that's when they pushed for a lot of marketing in the us so that they can tap into that source and then because they were the monopoly at that point in time they could control the supply and the demand as well and so that's why the prices of diamonds have traditionally been relatively high. They have been thought of as a rare rock, really. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, people are saying a lot of like, the research papers are saying, well, the beers, are they really truly a monopoly? Some are saying that, you know, they have so many different companies. They're all under the same enterprise, but they're just faking other company names to make sure that the market really is less monopolized uh, but others are saying well you know in this day and age there are many more other non-dbs companies now and the market is more competitive but at the end of the day i mean if you were to be like a diamond company will you lower the price no you're not you're probably going to match the price of the beers and make a lot of money right yes i, I mean depends on your strategy i mean there, there's some companies like online vendors they try to undercut a little bit only a little bit you're not going to yeah. undercut a lot right yeah 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 but yeah, the whole thing was a result of marketing scheme. I read that they tried another marketing scheme where women are supposed to give men some diamond rings on a certain day, like Valentine's Day or something. So they oh, is it? in Japan to promote the image of a successful woman, you know, mm-hmm. like women can also earn money. Why don't women give men some diamonds? But that felt. I don't think they picked the right market to try that out. <laughs> yeah, they felt, and then that never happened eventually. Mm-hmm. But the the men buy ring for engagement that was a bomb, right? And then it remained so. So you now. knew about this long? I actually didn't know about this when I bought the diamond. Yeah, I knew about this. So why do you still buy it? <laughs> because it's uh, so ingrained in our expectations now, mm-hmm. and. It affects even my expectation. Like mm-hmm. I see diamond as a precious rock mm-hmm. and it's so flushy, flushy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be nice for land to have it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like a like an iPad. You know, okay, yeah, iPad is nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, it would be nice for my kid to have one iPad. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's built into our expectation now. Mm-hmm. I think choosing a right vendor. Mm-hmm. Is what we can do to make a difference, you know, having the correct supply chain and ethical supply chain, mm-hmm. things like that, to avoid blood diamonds. I actually also didn't know about the whole blood diamond situation before I bought my diamond. Okay, let's talk about blood diamonds then. What's blood diamonds? I did not research a lot about this, but it's a product of slavery, mm-hmm. uh, and also I know that it's in Africa, mm-hmm. <laughs> and something related to war and slavery. Mm-hmm. So people, workers mining the diamonds are forced to do so, mm-hmm. you know, against their will and uh, for little pay or even no pay. Mm-hmm. And the product of that is sold for, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's the concept that I come to know of as mm-hmm. blood diamonds. Yeah. And I think the profits from those fund the wars in Africa. And I think there is this very famous movie by Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm. That reflects this, and uh, it was a couple of years ago, and at that point in time, it really drove this increasing narrative about, you know, should we actually buy diamonds in the first place when we don't really know the original source and the ethical practices behind the supply chain? Yeah, so you are indirectly funding something bad, right, Mm -hmm. by purchasing a diamond. Mm -hmm. So let's just go through all the definitions and the understanding of the different topics first before we go into the debate. So child labor, from what I understand is a lot of areas, for example, in India, in Africa as well, they use a lot of children to mine the diamonds and also to cut the diamonds as well. And the reason why is because children tend to be the desperate targets. Children want to work to support their families. Children are small enough to go down all the small little tunnels in the ground to collect the diamonds. And of course, it's not safe at all. And then children's hands are small and delicate enough to cut the diamonds precisely. Horrible. And then lastly is about environmental degradation. Um, I believe that mining diamonds is very environmentally harmful for the surroundings and nature as a whole. Did not know about the environmental impact. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's also a, um, a rise of lab diamonds, lab-grown diamonds now. So yep. I don't know how it's done. I think they took a slice of the real diamond and they, they just grow it inside a lab. So technically, it's a real diamond. But the, the process is much faster mm-hmm. because it's, it's done so inside a lab as opposed to under the ground or something for thousands of years. Yeah. But the product is the same. Mm-hmm. The cost is cheaper because it's not uh, popular yet. The concept of lab diamonds, I think, is not popular. Therefore, the price is lower. But the quality is the same. Mm-hmm. I think you can only find out whether a diamond is lab-grown or it's mined naturally by doing it in a lab. So... Like 99% of the population will not know if it's a real diamond or not. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sorry, not real diamond, but a natural diamond or not. Yeah, natural or lab grown. Because lab grown is also considered real diamonds. Yeah. 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 And so you knew around three out of the four issues that we raised. Uh, number one is the marketing behind it. Number two is the blood diamond issue. Number three is the child labor situation. But yes. you didn't know about the environmental impact. Yeah. You still bought the diamond. Why? This is ingrained into my expectation now and to, into most of us, into Land's expectation that to mark this significant milestone mm-hmm. in our life, mm-hmm. engagement, mm-hmm. we need something to mark that. Mm-hmm. And in our heads, a diamond ring mm-hmm. 
is the best object to mark that. And it's also to showcase to friends and families, right? Okay, mm -hmm. I've achieved this milestone. Mm -hmm. This is it. You see, it's so pretty. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, I mean, it could be any other asset. It could be Bitcoin, but you can't really. <laughs> 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 I mean, if I use that money to put in Bitcoin, then... <laughs> Long's voice just cracked. <laughs> I would have tripled the money now. I would have three diamond rings. Yeah, exactly. What is your response to someone who says, look, why don't you just spend a fraction of that amount of money on a very different type of rock, which is very rare, which is also valuable, but less expensive because there's no marketing behind it. And then the rest of the money invested elsewhere. Yeah, I'd say that's completely fine. But depends on how the person receiving the ring perceives it mm -hmm. and values the opinions of um, the public. Mm -hmm. Right? Maybe they're scared that, oh, okay, if I get a, a black rock for my engagement ring, people will think I'm weird. You know, I don't want that. I want to be considered quote unquote normal. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I want to be, I want to fit in. We're creatures of societies, aren't we? Yes. And so if you go against the norm, there's a feeling of, oh, you know, what if they think I'm weird? Mm -hmm. I don't mind so much that, you know, if, if my friends have that, I, I respect them more. Like, whoa, you're, you're going against the norm. Mm -hmm. Kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Diamond, in my mind and also in Lan's mind, I think it's it's being built up mm -hmm. as the, the number one rock now. So mm -hmm. we perceive it as a very valuable rock. Mm -hmm. That's why we, we want it. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So I didn't yeah. know about any of these things before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because like I mentioned, I prepared everything in three months and it was a very intense three months. I wanted it to be a surprise as well. So we were moving very fast. So I didn't like, I mean, naturally, when you wanted to buy a diamond, you wouldn't write in why I shouldn't buy a diamond. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so because of this podcast, uh, that's why I want to be very upfront with everyone. All right, we're not perfect. You know, we're still learning things as we go along in this podcast. I want to be very upfront with you on, you know, whether things are changing and mindsets are changing or not. Now, yesterday when I started reading up on all of these things, I realized, holy shit, huh, I didn't know about this whole story behind diamonds at all. And I started asking myself, I went into this dilemma of thinking, had I known, would I have bought the diamond ring for Han in the first place or for Mango? And to be honest, it got a bit uncomfortable for me, right? Mm. It got a bit uncomfortable because I didn't know whether I would literally, I would backtrack from the decision yeah, or I would still go ahead. And then I wanted to think hard about it before this podcast so I have an answer, but then I was sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to sleep. So today to answer the question, I think, you know, I think the answer is probably no. And there are two reasons behind this. The first reason is because financially, we're not that much impacted by the decision. Now, I think if you, in your particular circumstance, is impacted heavily and to a high degree financially because of the diamond and because of the ring that you bought for your fiance, then maybe it's different for you. But for us, because we're so lucky to be in our position, we're not that impacted financially. So that's number one. I think number two, Mango is very happy. Like Mango is out of this world happy about her ring. She talks about it all the time. <laughs> she looks at it all the time, right? And if it brings her that happiness and that joy, and if it lasts for years and years, 
then yeah, I don't think there's any reason for me to backtrack away from it. So I think it's all circumstantial. It depends on who you are and uh, what your beliefs are and what you want to prioritize. Now, if you come to me or come to Long and say, well, what about all the blood diamond issues, child labor, so on and so forth? We're living in a very complicated world and we have different values and different priorities. Now, it's not to say that I don't value you know, <laughs> saving children from child labor. It's not to say that, but I think the same argument can be applied to if you eat meat. I watched this documentary on Netflix called Cowspiracy recently, mm. and I realized that meat is actually a much, much more exponentially larger source of environmental impact than traffic. Yet we're talking about all these things around the world about, you know, electric vehicles, electrification of traffic, so on and so forth to save the environment. When the biggest problem here is the meat industry, it's causing so much impact on the world. So if you're eating meat and you're telling me about blood diamonds, you know, we're all hypocrites then, aren't we? Mm. All right. And whatever little thing that we do, like when you be using plastic as well, that has an impact on the environment. Then what can we do in today's world? Right. So I think that argument is is very difficult to hold. What do you think? I agree. It's a complex world out there. You know, I also watch a documentary on Netflix called Sea Piracy. <laughs> <laughs> Not cow piracy, sea piracy. It talks about fishing. If you eat fish, it's also damaging to the environment because each time they fish, they damage the seafloor, the sea forest down there. You know, the sea uh, area is much more than forest area in absorbing CO2, right? So we're damaging the sea, damaging our planet as we fish and overfish. So according to our documentaries, we should not eat meat. We should not eat fish. <laughs> <laughs> we should not buy anything. We should not use plastic. So it's it's very hard world to live. Yeah. We, we take into account those consequences. But we can try our best to choose the correct supplier, the responsible ones. Also, we consume responsibly. We don't overconsume and buy things that we don't need. Mm -hmm. I think that plays a role. Mm -hmm. Or making a move towards more science-based approaches. For example, your lab-grown diamonds. I think that's also maybe possibly an alternative. Yes, but uh, maybe lab-grown diamonds, if adopted in bulk, they may produce more CO2. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because, they, because they, it's lab intensive, right? They, maybe there's a... Yeah, uh, a lot of computing and yeah. Something like that. Lab diamond spiracy Netflix coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so anything over consume is bad. So I think mm -hmm. the lesson here is everything in moderation. You mm -hmm. Just consume the things that you really need. Mm -hmm. um, but back to the diamond... I think partly it's because of the marketing and because of social media mm -hmm. and movies mm -hmm. that has affected our brains that mm -hmm. diamond is the best. Diamond is the best. Diamond equals to engagement. Yeah. You have to get diamonds. Yeah. But for younger the generation, I think it's better if we show them that, okay, diamond is not the only option. You can choose whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think another point to tackle about the supply issue is, you know, if you're saying that all these companies are withholding the supply into the market and therefore controlling the price, uh, and that's why it's not worth buying it, isn't that quite similar to your luxury bags as how, you know, we talked about in the previous episode with our golden guest, Chang? You know, all these luxury bags companies, they can make more bags. They just don't want to. 
So all of these diamond companies, they can just release more diamonds into the market, but they don't want to. Now, if you can say that, well, you can buy cheaper diamonds elsewhere, feel free to do so. But if there is really this control on the supply in the market by these diamond companies, then the price is what it is, right? It doesn't matter if there is way more diamond supplies all over the world. Are you going to fly to South Africa to mine the diamonds yourself? No, you're not. So the only way for a typical retailer to get hold of a piece of diamond, a piece of diamond jewelry, is through one of these supply chains. So the price is reflective of that. Wouldn't you say so? I agree. And why do you think there's this growing expectation in Vietnam now that they want to be proposed to? This hasn't been the case over the past few decades, really. So this was a new concept to my parents, and I'm sure it was probably a new concept to your parents as well, was it? Yes, it's a definitely a new concept. We can talk about uh, wedding ceremonies later mm -hmm. in Vietnam. But mm -hmm. yeah, this is uh, largely a Western concept uh, mm -hmm. influenced by movies, mm -hmm. by the romantic ideas of kneeling down, presenting the ring, mm -hmm. saying, will you marry me? Mm -hmm. Such a nice scene. You didn't say right. that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to I, I go against the norm. <laughs> Will you take the next step with me? <laughs> to where? <laughs> oh, oh uh, will you take the next step with me? I'm unprepared to, to answer the follow-up question. <laughs> okay, so you think it's because of social media, because of movies and entertainment? Definitely. Mm -hmm. And also marketing campaign of the beers. Everything goes their hands in hands. Maybe it's the beers who sponsored these movies. You know? Hey guys, why don't you do this? <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you a free diamonds. <laughs> well, that's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then they, uh, they manipulate the whole market. Mm -hmm. Perception of diamonds. Yeah. yeah, And I think it's also because Vietnamese students are increasingly studying overseas and working overseas as well, isn't it? There's a greater exposure to international culture. Yeah, yeah. And just foreign concepts. And I think, you know, part of that is reflected in their lives overseas, but also they kind of like import that culture back to Vietnam mm. and they spread it as well. I have this provocative idea now. What do you think about woman proposing? Now that's new, right? But wouldn't you think the burden of proposing falls only on men? Is that fair? Or is that fair to make women wait for the men to propose? If she wants it, she can directly take a step, you know? That's definitely against the norm. But will that be the future as we move towards gender equality? What do you think? I'm not against it. Mm. I think I've seen it a couple of times on social media where a woman proposes to a man. So it's becoming more of a thing. I'm not saying yeah. it's widespread, but... Yeah. It is happening now. I think it's definitely not going to happen in Asia anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because in Asia, especially in Vietnam, the concept is a woman needs to keep her value, right? Mm. Retain her value. Mm. She cannot come across as being too desperate. Yeah. Even though, you know, on social media these days, it's very clear that some people are super desperate. <laughs> <laughs> But it's fine. Yeah. It's, 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 I understand that. You're at a point in your life where you need to have someone, right? Or you need to get married. That's completely fine. Mm. But it's just that society expectations are that women cannot appear desperate or else she risks losing her value. 
I think, and this is really off the cuff here, okay? I've not put a lot of thought into this, so it might offend some people. I don't know. But maybe mm. this is increasingly common as well, given the rise in LGBT. Let's say a woman and a woman relationship, right? Mm. It happens more often. You see that image of a woman kneeling down more. Yeah. So, so increasingly it affects other types of relationships as well. I think. I think. I'm an opponent. Not opponent. I'm a proponent. <laughs> I was like, uh oh. <laughs> Are we going to go into something controversial here? Yeah. I'm a proponent. Proponent means agree, right? Yes. I just want to clarify. Yes. I'm a I'm proponent a... of that word. I'm a proponent of gender equality, right? Mm -hmm. For as long as we have things that only men can do and only women can do, mm -hmm. except being pregnant, there will always be gender inequality. Mm -hmm. We have to embrace tradition that only men can do previously. So women can do it. That's when we have true gender equality. Uh, a woman may not like to do it, but they have an option to propose. Mm -hmm. And they will not be laughed at or be seen as desperate if they propose. Mm -hmm. If we move to that stage, I think that's a, a big win for gender equality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it seems like it's a long way for Asia. It's definitely a long way. And we're not saying that we're perfect as well. I mean, at least I'm not saying that I'm perfect. If I see a woman kneeling down, there will be some sort of reaction, right? Immediate reaction. But then afterwards, I will spend some time to rationalize it and then it'll be completely fine. But naturally, because I am a product of the society as well, mm. immediately when I see that image, I'll be like, wait, what? Why is she kneeling down? Oh, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. Right? There's, there will be some sort of like surprise reaction. It just happens naturally. Yeah. If I see that, my first thought would be, whoa, what a strong woman, <laughs> independent woman. Kudos to you. And I look at the man was like, weak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's your reaction, right? You have, more of, yeah. you have more of a reaction towards the man. Yeah, yeah. But we have to fix that. Yeah. You know, I, I'm flawed. I admit that. But as we, we move towards uh, modern society, let's let's speak out how we feel currently. Yeah. Fix that. You know, we're, we're not perfect. It's the same thing about diamonds. And you were saying about different rocks as well. Like if someone gives someone a different rock, you know, naturally, I would just think, wait, what? Yeah. What's that? <laughs> what is that? Right? But then slowly you rationalize it and you read into it and then you realize, oh, okay, that's a, that's a pretty interesting choice from their end. Yeah. There you go. Complicated. But we're here to say there are many different ways to propose and different consumer choices that you can make. Mm -hmm. Does not have to be men proposing. Mm -hmm. Does not have to be diamonds. Mm -hmm. Can be anything. Here's a question. What is it? Do you even need to propose? Because I'm sure 90% of the Vietnamese population do not propose. Let me uh, talk about my understanding of Vietnamese and how Vietnamese work, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're, talk you're talking about Vietnamese, like there's some different species. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I haven't, I haven't been in Vietnam for so long. I mean, I, I've been to Vietnam once a year, but not deep with the traditions. Mm -hmm. So my understanding is people in a dating relationship, suddenly a question I got asked, hey, should we get married? Like, yeah, 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 we should get married. Let, let's do that. And then they met parents, and then they go buy the ring together. And then that's it. They get married. Oh, so they do buy an engagement ring. Yes, but they buy it together. Really? I thought yeah. they don't even have an engagement ring at all. Like, most no, of the no, population, they, they do. They, 
they do have engagement but it doesn't ha- have to be diamond i think it could be another gold ring something like that i'm not too deep in this mm. no no but well yeah. my understanding is they don't buy the engagement ring they probably got the ring from their mother that's passed down from generation to generation but then they do buy the wedding rings together but i think the ones who actually do proposals and stuff like that they tend to be either you know celebrities or influencers or just people who've studied abroad or are much closer to culture in the west yes yes i agree now passed down generations engagement ring do exist but if they don't have one then i think they also buy mm-hmm. so they have two types of rings mm-hmm. wedding rings engagement ring mm-hmm. One more question before we close off the episode and probably the next episode we're going to talk about weddings then. The last question is to what extent do we need to prepare so much for a proposal? And the reason why I asked this question long is because I watched this documentary on YouTube and there's this engagement proposal service in Singapore or Malaysia, I can't remember. But what they do is they sit down with the groom and they will plan out a proposal for the groom. This is not a wedding planning service. <laughs> It's an engagement proposal service for the groom. So that the bride will not know. Sometimes the bride knows, but most of the time the bride will not know. So if you want, I don't know, balloons, you want like an arch in the beach somewhere, they will prepare it for you. If you want cameramen, if they want camera people, they will prepare it for you. If you want drones flying down to give you the ring, they will prepare it for you. If you want to parachute your way down to the bride <laughs> they will do it for you as well of course it's expensive it's very expensive what do you think about this i definitely think this is a niche market area for the super rich that's why it's in singapore or malaysia i can't remember <laughs> i don't know what to think <laughs> <laughs> in my head proposals are simple intimate and and should relate to the the experiences that both the the people in the relationship you know mm-hmm. can relate to question know? yeah i'm going to stop you right there because you fell into my trap all right <laughs> why shouldn't a wedding be like that and why are weddings in vietnam the opposite they are not small they are not simple they're not intimate but the wedding is supposed to signify the coming together of two people just as much or even more than a proposal So why do you think that for the proposal but not the case for weddings? In my opinion, the wedding involves so much more. There are people at stake. There are more people at stake. <laughs> 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 I know, but for the record, I do agree that a wedding should be only focusing on the two people marrying, all right? Mm-hmm. But in reality and definitely in Vietnam, mm-hmm. this is a family event, family business. Mm-hmm. This is a chance for our parents to announce to the world, guys, our kids are getting married. <laughs> <laughs> Come, we negotiate more business in this wedding party. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> right, we we can talk about this a bit more in the second episode. Uh, yeah. So what do you think about that service then in Singapore or Malaysia? <laughs> I definitely think it's it's worth it for people who have the money have mm-hmm. the financial resources mm-hmm. they can tailor it to their to their own you know relatable experiences mm-hmm. you know if they like traveling they can tell the company all right we're going to travel to bali mm-hmm. i'll pay you 5000 to travel with me and prepare all these things mm-hmm. uh, but there's also that argument between you know whether you make it yourself or you hire someone else to do it you know if you make it yourself it show more love care affection but it may not be perfect 
But on the other hand, if you have the money, resources, and you want to have a perfect product, then you buy that service. Uh, and my answer is, you know, you 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 just do whatever feels right. If you value perfection and you cannot do it perfectly, mm-hmm. definitely get some help, buy a service. But if you know that your other half doesn't value perfection but values emotion, effort, then she will value more the fact that you try hard. Mm-hmm. even though it may not happen perfectly. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And it goes back to my point earlier on, I think everyone's proposal reflects their personality mm. and their preferences, really. You know, sometimes you just want something that's intimate with just your friends. And I think that's similar to you and me. But some people, they want their friends, but also in their particular circumstance, they just don't have the capabilities, the skills to think about these things, but they still want a video to keep. They want nice photos to keep and to look back. Mm. But at the end of the day, it depends on how genuine you are in your relationship and, you know, whether you're doing it for the right thing or not, or whether you're just doing it for showcasing. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Shall we wrap up then? All right. Let me do the wrap up. Okay. Thank you guys for tuning in into uh, this week's episode where we talk about engagement. And in our next episode, we'll talk about marriage. Stay tuned for that. Share us your thoughts. Comment down below your experiences with the proposal or what you think about proposal. You know, let us know. This is a community. Speaking of community, join our community at Convo Comrades on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. And for now, bye-bye. <laughs>